Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. I call life's teas, transitions, trials, traumas, tragedies, and also through terror. And I think that that's probably a picking up point for both of us um, to talk about how do you move forward in this post-Hamas terror that we've all just sort of um, been exposed to roughly a month ago. Many of us are still working through it, but I think the nature of our conversation today is how to move forward. And I'm going to let Ariella take over in a second here, but I just did another podcast and I wrote a blog on this topic that moving forward and moving on are not the same thing. And maybe that's a good segue into our conversation about the difference moving forward versus moving on and what keeps us stuck and what helps us, I don't know, let go. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good topic for everybody. I think that, you know, not even talking about I mean, of course, our our background, you know, we can't help but talk about what's happened in the Middle East. And really, it's about this big life, this big transition that's happening in our world. And there's everybody's affected by it, no matter what, you know, you can you can pretend you're not, but everybody's affected by it. And I think what's come out of it is this like this idea of fear. And we don't really like to talk about it. And it doesn't feel um, you know, we don't want to wallow in it. We, but the truth is, is that it's a, an important word. And I've been sitting with it personally for, uh, for three weeks and, you know, it came up for me when we were going through COVID. And so the question is like, I don't think you like, it's a, it's a grief really. Cause you know, when you were saying, how do you move, do you move on? What did you say? How do you, how do you move on or how do you move forward? You know, the okay. difference between moving on and moving forward, and my thesis has always been that you never move on, but you have to move forward. Right. And I think it's kind of what we both say about a grief or a loss is that you don't move forward and lock it up and put it away. You move through it and you you move under it, you move over it, you move in it, you move around it. And then suddenly you find yourself taking steps again around the block and that's what I think this is what I think that we're going through a collective grief. And um, I think that there are times in life where we all go through personal grief and also collective grief. And this is like, this is that time. And so how do we honor where we are and honor how we feel and, and honor where our bodies are, but also not get stuck? Because that's what I find is the biggest issue is move. Yes, move through the grief. Yes, feel your emotions. But are you stuck? And that's when fear starts to take over. And when fear takes over, the darkness wins. Right. And so we don't want the darkness to win, but it's it starts here in our bodies in terms of it's a choice and we have to honor 
the grief and the and the the dark feelings we may be feeling but when we sit in it and we don't move in we don't move through them then we're actually giving in to our fears yeah it's a very complicated thing this um you know terror in particular i unfortunately i added that to my new t's transition trials traumas tragedies terror because you know it rears its ugly head it always has, but I think it's more pronounced in some ways now because of social media. You just, yeah. you know, every time I turn on my email or open my emails or turn on my social media feed, it's something related to terror. So I don't think terror is more pronounced than it ever has been in human history. I think seeing it is more pronounced and in un- the inability to avoid it. And so it just wreaks havoc on our nervous system, on our bodies, on our mind, on our spirit. And um, I think that's one of the things we're dealing with now is just being inundated by it. And your brain doesn't know from past, present, or future. It doesn't distinguish from, you know, what happened and what is happening. It just is all the same thing. And so it's almost like you're living it over and over and over again, at least at a at a nervous system level. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit on a big point is like, we are bombarded, you know, in a lot of ways, we're very different. We're, we're very, we're living in very radically different times where in a, in the olden days, you could shut your door and not read the newspaper and not turn on the TV, but social media and the age of technology is infiltrated into our lives where you could be up at 2 a.m. and you could be watching social media. And you're right, the nervous system needs a serious break and we need very serious boundaries around our watching. And I think part of it is, is that fear has two levels. And the first level is the surface level where it's reactionary. You see something horrible on social media, or you read something or something comes into your field. And that is a first defense nervous system, shutdown, panic, you know, you felt it, right? Like we've, we know what that feels like. I can feel it right now when I like tap into my body. It's that like surface fear and a lot of times, many of us, myself included, we react on that fear, right? Like I go into this mother lion mode and I want to kill everybody and yell and do. And, and you always tell me like, you're not allowed to act from that place. <laughs> that's not healthy, Ariella. <laughs> right. And so that's surface level fear where the nervous system is very confused and entangled. And I have to say part of the surface level fear is also the reaction, and we can talk about this maybe in, you know, in a few minutes, but it's also the reaction of this shock of, oh my God, again, because what we're all experiencing, whether you realize it or not, is the fear of ancestral fear, past life fear, epigenetic DNA fear, right? We have all been in some sort of trauma And we have ancestors that were, and we have been, if you believe in past lives, you have been in trauma before. That's why you're triggered by certain things and other people aren't triggered by them because your specific nervous system remembers that surface, that fear. And that is part of our DNA. Now that doesn't make up all of our DNA and we have a choice about that. But if we let it go and let it roll with us, that's the surface level fear that takes us really far out 
of our nervous systems, like out of our bodies. The next level of fear is more deep. It's the silent place. It's can I, it's the more grounded level fear of, I see that this is happening. I'm aware of all that's coming up. That's kind of when the shock comes down a little bit and you can actually deal with your fear, right? You can actually, and I have like a process that I've go that I've been going through myself and I can talk about it in a little bit, but that's actually like, can I sit inside of all this? That's very different. Did you hear my voice even like surface level versus can I sit inside of this fear? Yeah, there's different layers or levels of fear. Problem is, is we only have, we have very simple language sometimes that, you know, we call it the same thing, fear, like as if there's just one thing of fear, it's just a big pot of fear when in fact there are different layers of fear. And the work is, I think what you're saying is the work is to sit with it for long enough to start to be able to discern what's going on. What is this to become um, curious at some level about how it's doing its thing to me. Right. And and some, you know, some of it is about listening to it and honoring it and following it when the hair in the back of your neck stands up because you're walking through a parking garage and things feel off. Like that's a signal right? And you yeah. don't get rid yeah. of it necessarily. No. Want to be able to, hey, like that's got, it's a, it's energy. It's a message. The question becomes that, you know, what point is it no longer a messenger that's helping me, but a prisoner that's keeping me trapped? Yeah, I think that's very true. And I think part of this is like, you know, that surface level fear doesn't mean we should act on it. But it does mean that something is bothering us enough to want us to act upon it. So, you know, a lot of people say you can ignore fear or you can listen to it. And my feeling is listening to it, act on like if something bad happens and you want to protect yourself, then do all the 3D like real life things that you need to do to protect yourself, right? And if you're, if you've all, if you've gotten yourself protected, then you need to deal with the level, the level deeper, the deeper level of fear. That's the entanglement of ancestral stuff. Well, something I've been um, talking to people about my clients, because I think it's important, you know, taking the Hamas horrors, because that's what's on at least our minds. I'm sure most of our listeners, um, you know, somebody said they were not willing to watch it, um, anything, because they didn't want to give that energy. They didn't want to feed it energy. But I disagree. I think, I think we owe it to ourselves to watch enough of it to acknowledge and bear witness to it, because we already see that like Holocaust level denial of what has taken place, and it's a fine line. Watching enough of it to bear witness to carry it forward as a source of of fuel of motivation never again right needs to become a reality and you know but but not so much that we get shut down and stuck and it's a very fine line i admit it yeah i mean i think it's i think listening to your own 
self and your own sense of who, like who you are is really important. What I've learned from fear and being in this situation is there's really no greater teacher than your body and your being and your soul. And so I agree pay like in a way of like saying this is real and being, I mean, I, I don't see how I I'm sure most of us have seen something. It's impossible to not turn on Instagram and like have it be in your face. Um, for me, it was like, it, it was almost like hurting myself because I, there's, there's something I looked up today. I think it's called compassionate syndrome. It's literally like a syndrome where you continue to be in somebody else's pain so much that you start associating yourself with it and you have guilt that you're not in it. It's usually a loved one or it's somebody that, you know, it's a group of people like we've experienced. And so I think it's really important to have, to listen to your own soul and your own body and, and what you can handle, but Yes. And there is also, it's very important, you know, you know, we're Jewish people. So it's very, very important to say this happened. This isn't a lie, right. That this happened. But the next step of that is, do I need to watch it all over again, again, and again, and again. And I think to honor people who did pass, you know, it's like nine 11 when that happened, like I've seen that video of people like falling out of buildings so many times that it feels almost like a dishonoring to those people's soul. You know, like, I don't want to know you as you falling out of a building. I want to honor you as the soul that you are now on the other side. And I do think there's a nice, heavy, a nice amount of balance that needs to happen in order for us to move through it and figure out how to take action because you can get really stuck and paralyzed in that trauma. It's true. Um, you know, I think if you're listening to us, you're probably not a denier. You know, there are, once again, there are conspiracy theories saying it's all made up. And I know, I know people there. It's, this is as real as it gets, unfortunately. So, you know, for those folks, I think they need to bear witness to it. And I think for the folks listening, it's probably time to move forward. But I do distinguish moving on versus moving forward. Because even for me, like there's guilt in, I don't know, last night I forced myself for the first time to watch a TV show and not the news. And there's this pull I can feel. I go, I, I should watch more news as a way to almost emotionally cut so that I can feel what they're feeling. Because right now, as I'm recording, as we're recording this, there are little Jewish children somewhere underneath Gaza in tunnels. And it's like, why should I be watching TV? I should bear witness to it. But I'm not serving, right? And this is whether or not, we're not even talking about, you know, Israel. This is, you could be going through any of the dark diseases, I call them, death of a loved one, divorce, disease, depression. It doesn't matter what you're going through. There comes a time when you have to move forward as an act of service to whatever it is you're moving through, right? Because to sit in it, you you start shifting as, as I said, my other podcast from victim to victimhood, taking up residence there, living in that hood. And that's a powerlessness and you don't serve anybody. There's just a, there's just a, a, a collective despair as opposed to what, what can I do with this fear to move it forward 
How can I channel it to do something constructive or good? Yeah, yesterday morning I was, you know, I'm not watching the news like you because you cut me off. <laughs> and basically Baruch told me, you're not allowed to go on social media and you have to not watch the news. And, you know, I think I said that in our last podcast too, it's because like, you know me and well, yeah, I mean, you know me and you know that I, I get the news I need to get and the rest I have to leave behind. And I get, I know it's happening, but I'm not able to sit on it because I'm different right than you. And so, so yesterday morning I was walking the dog and I was thinking like, I had kind of an epiphany and I was trying to, I also felt guilty, but I was trying to listen to a podcast that had nothing to do with anything about fear. It was more about just consciousness and high vibration. And I was like, God, I feel so guilty. And, but actually it really helped me because I had this like aha moment in the middle of the field, walking the dog was my heart is very, very big. And I can hold what I think this fear is. Yes, there is real fear and a whole lot of grief, incredible sadness. I can feel the ancestors like this, this pain. And I actually feel them so much closer to us. It's almost like, and I know it's that time of year, but it's almost like they're touching us right now. There's so much support. And so my thought was like, I can hold this grief. I'm very multi, I can multitask, right? I can hold this grief and sadness and, and well, I'll talk about fear in a second. I can hold the grief. I can honor my sadness and I can also serve, right? I can remember like nobody, nobody that goes through a tragedy or trauma wants you to sit in replays over and over again unable to move forward. So I know my way to serve and I could do that because that's what this world needs. This world needs more of what you have or I have or anybody else there has. So it's okay to feel a multi, a multitude of emotions. Yes, absolutely. And to do something with them, right? To to think of those emotions as energy, which is what they are. And what are they trying to communicate? And how can we harness them and repurpose them and you know move it forward? Because I think part of the fear, um the the fear, fear has an energy, it's a stuckness. It's a, I mean, that's what happens if you think about an animal or us fight or flight, you know, but usually there's a freeze. There's a, a like a just, a, if you've ever like frozen before, I've had a couple moments in my life where it's, it's hard to explain. I remember I was in the woods once lost by myself and it was like frozen. Like I didn't know where to go. And um, part of just getting through that is to move movement, right? You right. just have to that's why at the end of the Shiva, the seven day period after the death of a loved one, traditionally you get up and you walk around the block to jumpstart the movement back into life. And although you're faking it till you're making it, you still got to get that process going, right? To go act as if for a while. Yeah. I mean, I think the fear part is really the body, right? When we think about our bodies, like I was thinking about this yesterday and it's like, like, I think most of our souls know that 
are, well, I don't know if most of us know, but what I've kind of come to is that the soul is infinite and, and people who die travel on and their soul is light and lives forever. And the body is like, God, I feel, I can't move. I can't move through it. I'm paralyzed. I don't know what to do. And the body needs so much taken care of. And so one thing that I've been doing is um, just really grounding myself and a practice that someone taught me is to like, before I go to bed, is like, in this moment, you are safe. If you're listening to this in this moment and you're breathing and you have, you know, four walls around you and you are okay, then you are safe. And it's really, the body is, you know, there's a book called the body keeps the score, right? The body does remember the body acts out the trauma, not only from this trauma, but it is remembering your essential events, your root causes. Yes, there has been trauma in this moment, but the body is going backwards and it's like, oh yeah, because it reminds me of this one. And that reminds me of this one. And that reminds me of my DNA that's saying it's this one and my past life and this one. And so you're not only dealing with right here and right now, you're also dealing with your essential events that are yours or not even yours. And so one way to deal with the body is to really just center and ground. And the present moment is usually, I mean, not all the time, but typically if you can get yourself to a place of grounding, you can see that in this moment right here, right now is where my body needs to be. It's very easy for us to jump out of our bodies and say, and believe me, I've done it. I done it more times in three weeks than I have probably in my lifetime. But what is this? And what is this? And what do I do with this? And replaying horrible memories in my mind and the what ifs keep me up at night. And if I wake up at night, I can't fall back to sleep. So believe me, I'm, I know we're both in it in different ways, but in this moment, I am safe in this moment. I am okay right? It's literally treating your body like you would talk to a five-year-old because your body is the one that is suffering. The soul is not suffering. The soul is light, but the body is suffering. What if, and it's like the nervous system. So we have to have more compassion for our bodies and what we've been through, whether again, whether it's this past three weeks or it's your past lifetime or whatever you're going through, really being more compassionate for a body that has been through a lot. And you know, your DNA runs through that body. It runs through this body that you're sitting in. Your body is a home for your soul and for the light of of the divine to flow through. But that channel is blocked when we are sitting in all of our fear, instead of remembering how light filled we are. Fear is, um, You know, it's a dominant energy, no matter what else you feel, you can't feel fear and something else simultaneously, right? It's mutually exclusive. It's it drowns out everything else. And so it just becomes this all consuming quality or experience. And that's why, you know, in the Bible, the number one commandment is do not fear. It's the pathway to hell in this lifetime forget another lifetime right is that because when you're in fear i see this with um 
Enneagram sixes for those who are listening. I teach the Enneagram and the Enneagram uh, personality typing system. And we all have fear, but Enneagram sixes have it a little more at the surface or a lot more at the surface. And I've worked with some Enneagram sixes and I've seen, and ones too, six is the, um, the loyalist and one is the perfectionist, but especially sixes where it just, they've got to get like you're talking about back into their body, back into the present moment, right here, right now, because you can just see that fear, they're gone. They're chasing it down 50 paths backwards and forwards and playing out all these what ifs. And the, and and there's a hell component to that because you just can't, you can't get centered. Right. Right. You're not here. You're not living. I mean, you're not even in the present moment. You're like, playing out 50,000 worst case scenarios. And so, I mean, you're right on to say partially the work for anybody listening to us to get back right here, right now, in this moment. I don't know about five seconds from now. I don't know about five seconds ago. Right now, am I okay? I'm okay. Yeah, no, I totally hear that. And I think it is about having boundaries, internal boundaries. Like as you're saying that, I'm thinking especially for those of us that go off into the like nowhere land of fear, right? Like what if, what if, what if it's not that you're, I mean, yes, protect yourself, do what you need to do. Like I'm doing some things now, or I will be doing like to protect myself, right. To, and to use my power to, uh, to make me feel more safe. So it's important in this real world to protect yourself, not to be like, not to hide your head under, you know, and saying everything is amazing, but everything can still be amazing, right? Like, it's hard for me to say, but, but there are so many. Real quickly, our friend um, Yochai right now, or a couple about an hour ago, was at a wedding in Israel. Exactly. And he would text me saying, this is the most heartbreakingly wonderful experience I've ever had. That's right. So it's the duality, right? You can hold both. It's like, hold, like I said, your heart is so wide open that life is amazing. And that present moment can be the most beautiful present moment you've ever seen. And for me, that is like the one way that I combat fear is that I, I, I watch the simplest, silliest things like watching my dog who's had a cone around his face all like for two weeks because he has an injury and I take it off and he runs like I've never I mean I haven't seen him run like this in months anyway he I had to chase him to catch up with him the last three days and you know what I mean because he's always hot and now we have snow and he's just like he's off leash and he's tearing through the field and I sit there and I'm like I'm not sure there's anything better than this moment like truly like you should see my grin Like, I am so happy. And there is this piece that's like, how can I be so happy when there's so much, so much sadness, whatever. But that is what Israelis do best. And what we do best is like, hold that, that fear and that terror and live the hell out of your life. Like, don't stop living and look around you and see the blessings that you have because they are enormous. Right. And it's, you know, this is where I come to the Enneagram because for me, for instance, I need to feel more fear because I go to anger because anger for me is easier to deal with than fear. And so for me, I got to get back into the, get beneath the anger and into the fear 
and then move beyond the fear because I can bypass it. Or Enneagram sevens, I see this too. They'll bypass it through fun or through joy or through, you know, focusing on only the good stuff. So however you're wired, we all have to come back to the fear to feel it, to have a healthy appreciation and balance with it, and then to move through it, even if we don't want to, you know, it's, it's, it's just such, there's no recipe for this. You have your way and you just have to listen and your body and your mind and your spirit will help you find that way. And it's just different for everybody. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that it is different for everybody, but ultimately we all have a spark of the divine living within us. And we have to also remember that whether you process it through anger to fear, to joy, or you skip over those pieces and you find like, however you process, don't let fear fester, right? Like don't, don't pretend that there is no fear, but use it and, and make it your like, not friend, but like use it as a great teacher and then put boundaries, put a fence around it. Right. That's what I meant. Like, like, that's why I go out and live my life fully because I have to, I'm not an Enneagram six, I'm an Enneagram four, but I like really resonate with the six. Like I have to put a fence around the fear or else I will not sleep. I will not function nothing. Like I'll just, it's like, I'll be stuck in like deer in the headlights. So for me, I have to put a fence around it. I have to have internal boundaries. I have prayed, studied. I I mean, I have prayer stuck on my bathroom mirror. Like I'm listening to more music that are prayers for me. I'm singing more. I, and I do this anyway for like 25 years, I have never been deeper into my tools than now. It's essential. Do you want to hear the difference between how we deal with it? Because you're watching news nonstop. (laughs) No, I mean, that's also part of the surface level fear. And I got to get away from that. But when I go deeper, so I've been going to sleep at night, listening to stories about the Mossad and their victories throughout history or the raid on Entebbe, which is one of the greatest miracles the IDF ever pulled off, saving hostages. Um, where I rewatched the unit, which is a David Mamet um, oh. army film. And yeah, but uh, is that a form of of feeding your anger? It what it, what it does for me is it makes me remember that. You know, in this case, the Jewish people have defied every single enemy in the history of humanity. They are all gone. I could sit here for about five minutes and list off everybody who did to us what Hamas did. And here we are. And when I read that, when I read these inspirational things or hear them or whatever, I remember because what Hamas wants and terror wants is for us to forget They want us to be stuck in this moment and lose the connection with all that's right, like you're talking about, all the joy, all the good, um, and also all the victories and all the ways we've always survived. And when I'm in that space, I'm grounded and I can move (laughs) forward and I feel like I'm connected to the divine. 
And yet, uh, yet again, we always meet in the soul, but we process very differently as you all can see here. <laughs> and I see you going to bed with your, you know, your headphones on and usually you listen to like a meditation and you're listening to war stories. <laughs> I don't usually listen to meditations. I usually I thought you did. Um, um, yes. But, but that's because it, it really, you know, that's, that's my way. You have your way. There is no way it's, and I know, I know all I can tell you, you know, they say, I say it all the time. It's like pornography. It's hard to define, but you know, when you see it, it's the same as true with your courage, with your bravery, with your groundedness, whatever you want to call it. When you, when, when you're in it, you're in it and you know it and you feel centered and you feel whole and it's time to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that insight into your brain. <laughs> just revealed what I've been listening to every night. Before. I do not even know. Just so you all know, I sleep next to him every night. <laughs> I had no idea. We have our secrets. I, list, I secretly <laughs> listen to stories about the Mossad. I admit it. So. I mean, I can't think of anything worse to listen to before you fall asleep at night. <laughs> But I'm not an Enneagram 8, so I I trust that all of you hardcore Enneagram 8s are doing the same. I will say, like, just to just to kind of close up, I talked to our daughter, Maya, yesterday, or I think it was yesterday. She's also an Enneagram 8. And I said to her, did you watch um, somebody was doing like a college, a student uh, gathering like all over the country to inform the students and give them things to talk about, to help them, to protect them. And I said, did you, <laughs> I said, did you watch it? And she's like, yeah, I turned it on, but I tuned it out. And I was like, why? She goes, A, I already know it. B, I'm not scared. C, we'll be fine. And I was like, oh God, you are not my daughter. <laughs> no, she's mine. I know. But I was like, so amazed by this 18 year old girl first year in college like really I mean like first year in college she went through COVID like she's just so strong and such a such a like strong soul I mean the fact that she's like yeah we'll be fine right she knows her history she knows who she is personally she knows her history and she knows that she as long because as long as she stays afloat, she's good. And she just has to use her strength as her oar, right? To like push through those waters. She's like, yeah, I got it. And again, we all have different ways of moving through our fear. So you can go, you can come out with me and we can go out for a dog walk or you can watch the Mossad at 11 o'clock at night. You decide. <laughs> and that'll take us into our next podcast where I'll be talking about Mossad and she'll be talking about manifesting, I'm sure. So. <laughs> Stay tuned for more. <laughs> and this is why we are good for each other. <laughs> we meet in the middle. We always have. We always will. And we will keep bringing back that sort of two different sides of the same coin to our listeners to remember that, um, you know, the journey is holistic. There is not one way. There's, there's, there's your way. So find your way, live your way. And we look forward to meeting you in the next podcast. Thanks, Ariella. Bye. Thanks, Barra. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving a five-star review and share this podcast with others. To learn more about the Defiant Spirit, get more in 
inspirational content or see how we might work together to live your defiant spirit, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, take back your power and live your defiant